Hey there, I'm Corey Fowler, and you're tuning in to the How to Adult Show. This is your go-to guide for all things adulting, where we walk you through the answers every time you hear yourself asking, why didn't anybody teach me this stuff in school? From personal finance 101 to careers and business advice to managing your health and wellness, we're here to give you tangible advice, tips, and tricks to help you start succeeding in any and every area of your life. I know you've got this adulting thing, as long as you've got the right info. I'm your host, Corey Fowler, and this is the How to Adult Show. Hello, and welcome to the How to Adult Show. I'm your host, Corey, and for those of you who are new here, this is a free weekly educational episode produced by the How to Adult School, an online education platform and database dedicated to teaching all of us the important real-life adult skills that we all wish we had been taught in school. So if this sounds like the resource that you have been waiting for, I want to start by inviting you to click subscribe on the show. That way you will never miss another fabulous episode of the How to Adult Show. So today's episode of the show is all about how to create your own emergency savings fund, aka what I like to call the FU fund. Now the concept of having an emergency savings fund has been around forever, although not many of us actually have one, or at least one that's fully funded in case we end up needing it. This concept is often taught in the form of having $1,000 tucked away somewhere safe in case of emergency, but these days, especially if you live in an expensive area like I do, that simply isn't enough. $1,000 is barely enough to cover an unexpected car repair these days, let alone give you a safety net and the peace of mind to sleep soundly at night if things start going sideways in life for a little while. Essentially, an emergency savings account is money that you have set aside safely and earmarked in case of emergency. Now, that's all well and good, but for a lot of us, it can be hard to start saving for something as ephemeral as an emergency. An emergency that might happen in the future is so much less compelling to us a lot of the time than the immediately than the immediately than the immediate reward that we receive from online shopping. That's why I like to think of my emergency account as an FU fund instead. The key difference between an emergency fund and an FU fund is that the goal of the FU fund is essentially to allow yourself the freedom to live life on your own terms without the crippling fear of financial repercussions if you do. Being able to say F you and walk away knowing that you're safe and in control financially for a while is something that we should all have. Have a new boss who's making your life absolutely miserable? When you have an FU fund, you have the freedom to quit and take some time finding yourself a new position because you know there's money there to back you up for a while. Or are you living with a roommate who kind of creeps you out a little bit? That's okay because you have an FU fund that gives you the freedom to kick them out and still pay your bills and cover your rent while you take the time to look for a new and better roommate. It's way too easy to stick our heads in the sand and not believe that we will ever find ourselves in the position of losing our job or experiencing a recession or finding ourselves living through a global pandemic that shuts us all in our houses and shuts down small businesses everywhere. You know, the emergency savings account is for emergencies, presumably far in the future that honestly might never happen. 
The FU fund, on the other hand, is rooted in the key idea that if you create your own financial safety net, you'll be able to sleep peacefully at night knowing that if you don't want to, you don't have to take anything from anybody. And that is something that we can all relate to in the present because that might not happen one day as an emergency. Chances are that you might even be putting up with something right now that you wouldn't be if you had the financial freedom just to get up and walk away from it. And that is the goal. Having an FU fund means that you can feel safe and not have to worry when you're faced with a big decision that affects either your happiness or your bank account. Having an FU fund means that you can safely quit your job and look for a new one when you find that you're in the position of having to drag yourself kicking and screaming to work every day. It means you can confidently say no to a client who you know in advance is going to be an absolute nightmare because you know what? You're going to be okay. You have that fund to tide you over until the next client comes your way. It means you don't have to put up with a crummy relationship, whether that's a roommate, a partner, a family member, just because you don't feel financially secure on your own for a while. It all sounds pretty good, and that's much more exciting to save for than something like an emergency. And today, we're going to walk through how you can start creating one for yourself. There are four important steps to creating your own FU fund. First, you need to learn how much you spend to maintain your current lifestyle. Second, you need to decide how much time you want to buy yourself with your FU fund. Third, you have to decide how you're actually going to save that money to build up your fund. And fourth, you're going to decide where you're going to save this money. Just four steps, and I want to start by saying that there's no right or wrong way to do this really. It's a very individual process that I'm going to walk you through how to stop and think through yourself. But I will say that if you're living in modern times, the $1,000 emergency fund is outdated and out the window. Overall though, this process is going to be different for everybody, and today we're going to walk through the questions and steps you have to take to ask yourself how you're going to create this individually for your own lifestyle and your own needs. Now there are all these rules being thrown around out there on the internet, like you have to have three months of living expenses set aside, which works perfectly for some people, but I want to show you how to think about how much you're going to need yourself. For example, for me, in my first career choice, the three months of living expenses just wasn't going to be enough because I was running a wedding photography company. I was a self-employed wedding photographer and my income was very seasonable, came in unpredictable waves, and I wasn't able to rely on a steady paycheck every two weeks. Instead, I had to look at my income more as a sum of the entire year's worth of payments that I received. So for me personally, it was important that I set aside at least one year's worth of living expenses in case something happened that disrupted the busy earning season of my business. For example, if I were to have broken an ankle in May at the beginning of a busy wedding season, that would have probably held me back from working through an entire summer, which would have created the very real possibility that I would have lost almost an entire year's worth of income. So for me personally, when I went through this exercise, I decided that I needed to have way more than three months worth of living expenses set aside so that I could sleep soundly at night and go for a walk around the block without being afraid of everything. So that worked well for me, but for someone with a more predictable employment income, that might be way overkill for what you need to do. 
Also, as my life progressed, the amount of money that I had to have set aside to cover my living expenses changed as my lifestyle changed, as my business expanded, and as I grew up. And I had to go back and reevaluate this occasionally to make sure that I still had enough money set aside for the lifestyle that I expected to maintain. So I think that if you're still with me at this point, you're probably pretty keen to get started and to think a little harder and to figure this out for yourself. So let's jump into the four steps you need to take today to start building your own FU fund. Breaking it down, step number one is to figure out exactly how much you spend on a monthly and yearly business for your lifestyle. To do this, we need to create a log of your daily, monthly, and annual expenses. This is not as scary as it sounds, and you have no idea the huge relief that you'll feel when you simply know this number. Now, I wanna jump in quickly and say that I've created another personal finance episode that's really a back-to-basics financial breakdown. So if this part of the exercise sounds kinda of scary to you, I recommend going back and watching this episode to help you break it down even further. Also, if you're still feeling a little bit nervous about your finances and want to be guided through the basics of understanding and making friends with your money, I want to invite you to take a moment and join my free seven day money icebreaker mini course. That's linked in the description of this episode. It's easy to sign up to. It takes a week and it's going to help prepare you to be in a really good position to start with exercises like this going forward. So little self-advertorial aside, I want you to start by opening up an Excel document or grabbing a sheet of paper and just starting by listing all of your fixed costs. These are costs that you must pay to continue to live, as well as not to screw up your credit by defaulting on loans or anything like that. This list should include things like rent, mortgage payments, utility bills, student loan payments, car insurance, groceries, etc. Now, if you're having trouble thinking of all of these categories, I recommend going ahead and printing out your credit card statements from the past year, as well as looking back at all of your bank transactions and using the categories that you see on these statements to start to create your list. Again, if this part of the lesson is a bit of a challenge to you, I want you to go back and listen to episode number two for a really straightforward, fantastic back to basics finance training that will help you understand and get on top of your expenses and your own financial situation. Next, we're gonna take the same sheet and write down a list of your variable expenses. These are things that you spend money on that didn't make it to your fixed expenses list. As you review this, you'll find that some of these variable expenses are necessary to your life and will have to be moved to the fixed list, while others you'll be able to identify as luxuries that you enjoy, but maybe could live without if you had to cut down on expenses for a while. This list could include things like haircuts, shopping, subscriptions, takeout coffee, gifts, etc. As you make this list, again, I recommend looking at things like your credit card statements and your past bank transactions instead of doing it all by memory so that you can actually get an accurate idea of what you're spending money on and where your money goes in a given month. Now look back on the two lists that you've just created and make sure that everything looks like it's in the right category. Again, as a reminder, your fixed costs are things that if you don't pay them, it will cause some big problems for you. This includes things like paying your rent to keep a roof over your head, paying your student loans to not default on your pay payments, and things like that. Your variable costs, on the other hand, are things that you like to buy, but you could conceivably cancel, do for free, or live without for a short period of time if things get hairy and you need to cut back for a little while. At this stage though, it's really important to note that I don't want you to feel like there's any judgment of your costs, fixed or variable. 
I am not here to tell you that you can live without your takeout coffee. This episode is not about asking you to cut anything or make you feel like you need to cut back. I'm just here today to help you understand the process of playing with your numbers and getting an idea of your overall living costs. I promise I will never be one to tell you that good bars of salted dark chocolate don't make the fixed cost list because if the proverbial poop hits the fan, I need my dark chocolate. So back to the category lists that we just made, you now need to go through and record what you spend on each of these categories on both a monthly and an annual basis. Some of these will be easy, for example, your rent payments you probably know by heart, things like your car insurance payments will be really clearly listed on your credit card statements and so on, while other expenses you're going to have to take the time to go through, add them all up and average them to figure out what you're spending each month. For example, your annual grocery, grocery bills or how much you spend eating out every month on average. Getting monthly averages for these variable costs for the purposes of this exercise is fine, so don't drive yourself crazy trying to do penny accounting right now. Some costs will only occur a few times a year, like haircuts or holidays, so it doesn't make sense to average them monthly necessarily, but you still need to record them to understand your overall annual spending. Once you have all of these costs listed, you now need to go through and add them up to see how much you spend on a monthly basis and on an annual basis. Now, I recommend doing this three different times. Make sure that you add up just your fixed costs, then just your variable costs, and then both your fixed and variable costs combined. This will give you a really good overall understanding of your spending needs and behaviors. Step number two is to decide how much time you want to buy yourself with your FU fund. And unfortunately, there is no one size fits all answer to this question. You need to look at your own life and decide how much time you want to buy for yourself. If you're the self-employed type A pathological worrier type like I am, then maybe having a full year's worth of expenses set aside is the ultimate goal for you. Maybe though, you have a highly sought after skill set in a hot industry like technology, and you feel pretty confident that if you lose your job, for example, you'll be able to find another one quite quickly. So you may only feel like you need to have a few months of living expenses set aside to tide you over in case of job loss. What I'm getting at is this decision is completely up to you to decide. There is no right or wrong answer. If I give you one piece of advice though, it's to err on the side of caution. Get yourself a little more time than you think you might need. Now that you've decided this, what you do next is you take your monthly costs and multiply them by the number of months you want to buy yourself, and you end up with the amount of money that you need to save into your emergency account. Again, my only recommendation here is to make sure it is always better to err on the safe side. And even if the number that you end up with seems like a huge sum of money to save, don't stress by adding to it bit by bit, you will get there. Don't cheap future you out and cut down on that number just because you don't feel like saving it right now. Step number three for creating your own FU fund is to decide how you're going to start saving the money to add up in this account. Now, if you're already in the enviable position of earning more than you spend, you simply have to take some of that leftover cash flow and divert it directly into setting up your FU fund for a while. Now, speaking from experience, it is well worth making a few temporary sacrifices for a little while to get this account saved up faster. 
I know this can be so hard to do and so hard to hold yourself back on spending decisions that you want to make, but again, that's why we're creating an FU fund and not just an emergency savings account. You need to go ahead and work on shifting your thinking so that you can weigh the price of some of the things you want to buy against the freedom of never having to work in a crummy situation again, right? So start wrapping your head around the quick mindset shift that will make doing the saving process so much easier. This is not a budget. You don't have to cut down on your spending to save money. Instead, you're choosing to temporarily change your spending habits to create the ultimate freedom for yourself. Also, absolutely get rid of the idea that saving money means that you're never gonna have any fun. Personally, I made a few small spending shifts and I was able to save up for my own FU fund over time while I still got to travel, eat out at restaurants, buy new clothes, and eat as much dark chocolate as I could humanly consume. I did cut back a bit though and didn't just go ahead and do all of these things that I wanted whenever I wanted. It took a few simple and conscious changes to increase my savings rate without stepping back to the point where I felt like I was making myself live like a monk. I didn't give up everything and I don't expect you to either. So here is how we do this. You've already figured out what you spend your money on. So now I wanna teach you a little trick to budget without having to form a strict and boring traditional budget. Look at the spending categories you have and pick three guilt-free areas where you're still allowed to spend money without overly questioning yourself. We'll call these the guilt-free three. These are things that do cost you money, but on the other hand, they bring so much enjoyment to your life that you don't begrudge yourself spending on these categories. For me personally, these areas include buying really good high quality ingredients to cook fantastic fresh meals with, going on adventures, whether that's travel or even smaller local adventures like camping trips or hiking day trips, and also replacing the occasional piece of clothing in my wardrobe that I really enjoy and that's worn out. So there's that, but then on the other hand, there are things I decided that I didn't really care that much about and subsequently I cut my spending down to a bare minimum in these areas. For me, these included keeping up with fast fashion trends, drinking very much, ordering food in regularly, paying for subscriptions, or buying a much fancier car than I needed. So go ahead and write down your own guilt-free three and hopefully something like maintaining a fancy expensive watch collection doesn't make it onto this list. While you're at it, you might also find it helpful to write down a few areas you've identified that you're spending money on that don't actually bring you that much happiness and that you'd be okay cutting back on for a while while you increase your savings rate that you can send to your FU fund. With this information in hand now, you can go back through your spending list and decide what areas you spend money on that you can afford to cut out of your budget for a little while. For example, if expensive work lattes didn't make the guilt-free three, then swap them out for free coffees at home. If you have five different entertainment subscriptions, but really Netflix is the only one that you're enjoying talking to your colleagues about, maybe get rid of the other four for a while and just keep up with Netflix. Once you've decided what's important to you, it's gonna be so much easier than to decide what you don't want to spend your money on. The purpose of this is so that you'll still get so much enjoyment out of your guilt-free three that you're not gonna feel like you're giving up everything fun and enjoyable in your life in order to fund your FU fund. 
Also remember, this exercise is not forever. This is just until you reach the target number you've set for yourself for your FU fund. You are more than welcome to adjust along the way, decide to change your guilt-free three, or maybe you'll decide that you even wanna cut back even more because you discover that you love seeing that FU account number tick up and up and knowing that you're buying yourself the freedom and security to be in control of your own life situation. So we are almost there. The fourth and final step is for you to decide where you're going to keep that money safely saved. You need to decide on the best location for your fund to live. This means choosing the right type of account to save it in and making sure that you actually transfer the money in there when you're supposed to. First, make sure that you're actually saving the money. Personally, when I was building up my own account, I transferred my savings money into a separate account as soon as I was paid by a client. I knew what percentage of my average income I could afford to save, and I would immediately transfer that percentage of whatever my paycheck amount was straight into my separate FU fund account. This not only helped me make sure that I didn't forget to transfer the money over at the end of the month, but also served to make it a non-negotiable because I suddenly didn't see all this extra money kicking around in my daily spendings account that made me want to splurge and take an extra vacation. So pick a system ahead of time that will help you make sure that you actually save this money. This probably means having a system such that every time you get a paycheck, you transfer all the extra money to your FU fund right away, or maybe right after you've made sure that all of your fixed expenses or emergency expenses for the month are paid. Next, you have to choose a different account to save this money in, and there are three rules that I want you to follow for this. Number one, you do not leave it sitting in your daily spending account to tempt you. Number two, you do not leave it sitting in an account that earns almost no interest. And number three, you do not tie it up in something like your retirement savings accounts, stocks, or GICs. Because the entire point is that this money remains easily accessible to you if you need it. The goal is to have your FU fund safely tucked away in an account that you're not tempted to touch if you want to splurge on yourself a bit. It's to make sure that it's somewhere that's working for you and earning a higher interest percentage than a regular bank account would, and also to make sure that it exists in liquid cash form in case you need to access it. To choose the right account, do a little bit of research just by simply Googling something like best bank account interest rates in Canada or wherever you're located. Spend a little bit of time reading and look for a savings account that has the highest interest rate you can get from a CDIC insured bank. That usually means that your money is insured up to $100,000. And also make sure it's an account that has terms that work for you, namely that doesn't lock your money in for a specified period of time. There's some fabulous online banks these days that are offering the best interest rates for high yield savings accounts and that don't have terms that lock in your money or that penalize you for transactions. These are constantly changing and they're always in sort of a give and take with one another to see which one is gonna be the better bank with the highest interest rate. But for example, at the time that I'm filming this right now in Canada, EQ Bank is offering a high yield savings account with a 1.5% interest rate and no time terms. Compare that with the interest rate that you're probably receiving at any of the other big banks, which is something along the lines of 0.05% or less. While 1.5% isn't much, it's better than nothing, and over time it will help your account slowly continue growing and accumulating interest and adding money while you're doing nothing to it. 
Like I said though, these accounts are always changing and currently it's pretty neck and neck between EQ Bank and Tangerine Bank in Canada. So it's really important that you keep an eye on your account because the interest rate can change anytime they don't have to tell you. So it's up to you to keep an eye on your account, make sure that you're getting the best possible interest rate and don't be shy about changing to another bank if you're offered a better deal somewhere else. Again, this is why you wanna make sure you're choosing an account that doesn't lock in your money for any specified period of time. Now, if you're located in Canada and you're interested in opening up one of these accounts, I have a link ready for you in the finances branch of the resource library on the website. Just go to howtoadultschool.com slash finance resources and scroll on down to find my favorite high yield savings accounts being offered at the moment. I have also linked the link to the finance resources library branch in the description of the episode. And that's it, you're done. Once you follow these four easy steps, you will find yourself the proud owner of a fully funded FU fund that helps you sleep well at night, feel more confident in your job, and have the freedom to say, F you, I'll be just fine without you, and walk away if you ever need to. I recommend getting started right now, or make sure at least right now that you schedule a few hours into your evening sometime during this week where you're gonna sit down and get started on this process. To recap, the steps that you need to follow to start your own account are number one, start by writing down how much you spend on a monthly and annual basis to maintain your lifestyle. Number two, decide how much time you want to buy yourself with your FU fund and multiply this by your monthly expenses to find out how much you need to have saved in your account. Number three, figure out how you're going to save this money faster by choosing your guilt-free three categories to spend and start to cut down on your spending and save in other areas. Number four, last step, take this money that you're now saving every month and transfer it directly into a separate account with a great interest rate so that your money is safely tucked away without tempting you and is earning interest and adding to your account while you sleep. And there you have it, the FU fund that will absolutely change your life. I promise it will help you get through the next terrible boss or creepy roommate or pandemic that causes an economic crash and shuts down your business without having to freak out. So if you enjoyed this episode and wanna start learning even more about managing your finances like a pro, I recommend joining the free mini course called the Make Friends With Your Money Icebreaker Challenge. This seven day mini course will deliver a new, simple and actionable lesson to your inbox every day for a week that will prompt you for an activity that will take less than five minutes a day. And by the end of the week, you will be feeling in charge of your finances and your own financial goals. You can find the link to that mini course linked in the description of this episode or find it in the show notes for this episode at howtoadultschool.com slash show notes. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, I absolutely love hearing from you. Please use the comment section of this episode to let me know what you think and give me a big giant thumbs up in there if you're pumped about this and will be getting started on saving your fund right away. Also, as always, if you haven't yet, please go ahead and click subscribe on the channel. It is so helpful to me to see that these episodes are actually helpful to you and that we're on the right track. So thank you so much again. That is it for today's episode produced by the How to Adult School. I'm your host, Corey, and I will see you right back here next week on Monday for a brand new episode of the How to Adult Show.
Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the How to Adult Show. Our goal is to make your life easier, so you can find today's show notes, links, and free downloads all in one place at howtoadultschool.com. If you like today's show, please remember to subscribe and leave a comment, review, or share something with us that you'd like to learn next. I love to hear from you. Again, I'm your host, Corey Fowler, and I'll see you right back here next week with a brand new episode of the How to Adult Show.